Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Matt Shalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Shalava. And it is Wednesday. Um, it has been a pretty productive day for me um, from both a work standpoint at my uh, full time job and then a reselling standpoint. But um, you're probably more concerned about the reselling standpoint, so that's what I'm going to talk about. So I was uh, at work and I didn't have too much to drop off today for shipping wise. I, I made a few sales yesterday. A couple things caught on late in the evening and sold a couple times for me. And, you know, I don't think I've ever talked about this before, but items that you have a lot of tend to do better. I might have mentioned this, but they tend to do better when once you start to sell them. So, um, you know, I mentioned it the other day and once you sell an item, once or twice or three times, if you have a lot of them, it starts to gain traction and bumped up the eBay listings. And so I'll take that item and I'll list it lower and then I'll bump up the price until it's at the, the highest price and I'm at the top of the listings, then I'll sell out of that item at a much higher price than I would have if I just listed it at that high price to start. So that's a little tip for you. I may have mentioned that before, but um, you know, you could definitely use that to your advantage. But I ended up selling a few items. Uh, they caught on a little bit last night. Somebody bought one and then a couple more sold. So I packed those up. I got them shipped out at Walgreens. Um, and that's a tip too. If you don't already uh, use FedEx because FedEx is really, really cheap on eBay. And so you can ship a FedEx package out of most Walgreens and most Dollar Generals. They have like a worked out deal with them. So I went to Walgreens and the guy was trying to tell me that you could only ship 25 pound packages at a max there, which just isn't true. Um, I think it caps off about 50 or 55 pounds. So I managed to get him to let me ship them out and then um, kind of went about my day. But this afternoon, a couple items restocked online um, and I was able to pick up a, a good bit of them. Uh, I realized that I, as I was going through some of the inventory tracking that I do, that some of my items had been canceled and some of the restocks that I'd bought up. And that's something that I've touched on before, but if websites feel like you are either um, using a bot or using a some way of purchasing the item that is against their terms of service, or if they oversell an item. I mean, a lot of people, whenever they find out an item restocks, flood on the website. And if the website sells out of the item uh, and it, you know, somebody somehow buys more than the uh, company has, they will cancel orders. And so I had a few orders get canceled from a few days ago that I was super bummed about, but I was looking and realizing that I had a lot of capital to work with. And I've built up my capital a good bit in the last few, probably in the last couple of days, just because I got a lot of products in that I had ordered and then I was able to sell them pretty quickly. So um, I put a, a heavy amount down uh, to try and get some of these items that I can flip rather quick and hopefully they stay hot for for a while, but um, that was just something I was excited about. I, it's been kind of slow and there hasn't been a lot of items in the stores near me uh, that I've been looking for. I cleaned a lot of them out earlier and then I think other resellers got in there and finished up the job. Um, sometimes, depending on what the item is, if it's like something that I just want to leave one or two for, I will, or if there's like, you know, a toy or something, I may leave one of those behind just because, you know, some kids probably don't want that. So I end up leaving it for them, hoping that they get it. But either way, the stores haven't restocked yet. Um, and I have been in search of a few items that I haven't been able to find. So retail stores haven't been that good for me. And it's been one of those things where this week has just been a lot of online sourcing, which is good. I really, really want to do 
a lot of online sourcing. Um, it's just one way to build your business in a way that you are not restricted or confined to the area that you live in or confined to a specific area in general. So you are saving money, you are saving yourself time, and you are also giving yourself more freedom uh, to be able to do it from anywhere. I mean, you don't have to rely on making an income based off of being stuck where you live. You can go on vacation, and if you are on vacation and an item pops up on a restock, you can buy it and still make money while you're on vacation and maybe put you know five to 10 minutes worth of effort through your entire vacation to pay off the entire thing. So it's just one of those things where I really, really want to get better at online sourcing. I've gotten significantly better over the past just two months just because I've realized how, um, how many different opportunities there are. I've started to pay attention a lot more to it and tried to you know hone in and try and you know build a few strategies to kind of get items that I'm looking for. So um, I've been doing that and it went it's been going really well. But like I said, you're not stuck to living in one area. You know, there there's a chance that I end up leaving my uh, you know hometown of Pittsburgh at some point to move somewhere else. Um, I have a deep deep affinity for Charlotte, North Carolina. I lived there two summers ago and I really, really loved it. I just didn't feel like uh, it made sense for me to move down there right now, both financially and I just didn't really think that I really wanted to at, you know, at the moment. So, but I do love Charlotte and I am looking to get back down there at some point, just not sure when. So, uh, you know, that is one thing that online sourcing can do. It can, you know, if you're doing a lot of retail arbitrage and your entire business is built on retail arbitrage, you basically have to start over from uh, where you were, or if you do thrift stores even, you know, a lot of people establish themselves at a thrift store and, you know, kind of clean it out before everybody else does. And then the resellers that are new, they come in there and they never see anything. So they never end up, you know, going to that thrift store consistently. So you essentially have to do that all over again. And it's kind of a restart process if you're doing a lot of retail arbitrage or going into any sort of stores to buy stuff. You don't know when resellers go in. You don't know the people at the store. You don't know when they restock. You don't know anything. But with online, it's the same everywhere. So that's just something that I am looking at. Um, really, really intrigued by and I just see so many people that have a lot of freedom to go uh, like I said on a vacation or you know try out living in a different area just all these different things that I would really like to have freed up for myself so hopefully the online sourcing for me uh, can continue to grow and that's really something that I've been focusing on another thing is you know with me having a little bit more time with the retail arbitrage in my area just being a little bit slower I've been looking a lot into doing uh, a little bit of merch by Amazon and then maybe a little bit of Etsy merch where I do some print-on-demand stuff. So I'm looking forward to trying uh, that out tonight. I got Affinity Designer for my laptop, which I, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of him, but Detour Shirts on Instagram. Um, I forget what his actual name is, but he is fantastic. His, his content is spot on. He really, really gets what, you know, how to do Instagram. He gets the, the vibe there. And his content is just really, really good for helping people learn how to sell shirts. I mean, I could spend hours on his Instagram just going through all the posts that he's made and still learn something each time. There's just a lot of good information there for merch. And part of that is because he is a graphic designer so he really knows how to use computer programs like uh, Adobe Illustrator and Affinity Designer, but 
he had recommended it. He has built a several thousand dollar a month business off of Affinity Designer and it costs 25 bucks. Well, it cost me 25 bucks. I got it on sale a couple weeks ago and um, it's regularly 50 bucks, but Adobe Illustrator is a lot more expensive than that. And it is a month by month basis now rather than a one-time cost. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, but that's something I really would like to move and do some of. I don't want it to be my full-time business, but the way you can scale that out using a uh, virtual assistant and getting people that uh, you know are in other countries that you can pay you know top dollar for that country, but still get that person at a good rate for yourself. Uh, you know, you kind of kill two birds with one stone. You help that person out. A lot of these countries, like uh, you know, over in uh, you know somewhere like South America or over in uh, somewhere like the Philippines, they are a good wage there and like a really good wage there. It could be anywhere from three to five bucks an hour, which is crazy because you can get somebody at you know thirty to forty bucks a day making you designs, or you can get them for several designs a day. And you can really start scaling out a merch business by making that person, you know, helping them get built up in their own country and, you know, also helping yourself get a lot of good designs for a good price. So that's something that I like the idea of. You then kind of scale it out, have a VA do a lot of the management for you, have them do the research for you, kind of make it its own self-sustaining business that you just kind of keep your eye over. So. I like the idea of having that extra stream of income and I like the idea of having it not be fully passive um, because there's a lot of work that goes in at the beginning and then you still gotta keep your eye on it, make sure that they're doing the right things um, throughout the entire process. But you know, hoping to kind of scale that out a little bit and have it be uh, more passive than not would be really, really key. So that's something that I'm looking into as well. But you know, just with that, that's kind of my my thoughts for what I want to do in the near future. It's just there's so much opportunity right now, and it's been really hard to try and go and focus on that just because there has been a lot of retail arbitrage um, going on right now. And I was looking on Instagram and just talking to a couple people, and they who have been in this for a while. And I didn't do real retail arbitrage very much last year. I was super green. I didn't really understand reselling that well. I just knew how to go to the thrift store and look for a coffee mug that I could sell. And these people that have been doing it have said, you know, I haven't really ever seen retail arbitrage like it is now, where just, you know, so many everyday items in stores are worth so much more money online. And, you know, it's just crazy how much money you can make right now if you know what you're doing. And so that's really what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to, um, I, I think, I think it's either Gary V or Reezy Resells always says like about like squeezing an orange, you really want to squeeze all the juice out of it. And I think it's Gary, but um, you know, it, it's kind of what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to get every last ounce out of what we have right now with retail arbitrage. Cause one, I don't know when it's going to go away. It could go away, you know, in, in a week or so, if things really tank the economy, retail arbitrage is going to take a major hit. Um, but the other thing is you never know when these items are going to lose their value. If, uh, you know, the different situations that are going on start to change. Um, items can lose value overnight. So it's just one of those things to uh, kind of keep my tabs on and keep a pulse on and, you know, try and focus on getting as much out of it as I can right now. But um, that's just kind of what I've been up to recently. It's been really, really crazy just because there's been so many different things going on and so many different things I'd like to try my hand at. Um, 
And, you know, with my girlfriend being home, it's just, you know, I'm trying to see her as much as possible. So I haven't been sleeping that much, but it's been really, really good to, you know, learn a lot very quickly with how I can hopefully scale my business out. Um, thinking about shipping items like I have been, a lot of the items I've been shipping uh, have been bigger, bulkier items. And I have always shied away from that as a reseller. And maybe you do too. Maybe you have never shipped a big item before. Maybe you've gone to a garage t- garage sale and seen, um, you know, whatever, a, a huge DVD player or a, you know, a set of speakers or a stereo system or uh, even like a CRT TV, those big tube TVs, like any of this stuff that goes for big money on eBay. And that's a tip right there. Most people don't know. Those old fat TVs that we used to have that, uh, you know, look like they were a huge box and weighed about 400 pounds. Yeah, those things go for a lot of money on eBay because you have a lot of uh, retro gaming people that enjoy that style of TV and they still have the AV jacks, like the red, yellow, and white jacks on the front. And so people either like the nostalgia or they just don't know that you can buy a converter on Amazon for seven bucks. So they buy these TVs on eBay anywhere from you know, a 14 inch TV going for a hundred to 150 bucks all the way up to, I've seen TVs go above 300 bucks for a larger TV uh, with a larger screen just because the shipping is so expensive. Um, but the, the, you know, the TV is just worth that much more because it's hard to find a bigger TV like that. Now, a lot of them have been donated. A lot of them have been destroyed. And so most people don't have them. So it is hard to find. And so and another thing, a lot of people will end up paying the shipping on that too. So you can get the TV sold for 200 bucks plus shipping. Uh, the buyer pays everything and you just made a huge payday because most people will give them to you for free. So that's just a tip you can look at your local Craigslist and Facebook marketplaces and uh, let go and offer ups for uh, trying to find those TVs. So what I want to talk about though is, you know, a lot of these items are hard to ship. Most people have never shipped an item like this. Um, They've never really ventured out into bigger, bulkier items because they don't know how, and it's a pain. And that's something that I've kind of gotten into a lot more. Um, I've realized that with items that are already pre-boxed and new in the store, just wrapping some cardboard around them, getting a big cardboard sheet, cutting it out, and making a box out of it is one of the easiest ways to get an item shipped out pretty cost-efficiently and pretty simply. Um, but if you're doing an item that doesn't come with a box, uh, like a huge stereo receiver, that was one of the things that I sold that I made a lot of money on. I was hesitant to buy it. And it was one of those things I was hesitant to buy for two reasons. One being the cost, it was 75 bucks at a garage sale. And I didn't know how to test the thing. I had the guy tested at his garage sale, but it made some crackling sounds and I didn't really know much about it, but I knew that vintage stereo equipment goes for big money on eBay, depending on what it is. So. I got the stereo system and I picked it up and it was very, very heavy. I mean, I never expected it to be as heavy as it was and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. But I listed it on eBay, I made the buyer pay for shipping and I kind of rolled with it. And lo and behold, about five months later, somebody bought it on eBay for, I don't know, I think they bought it for like 230 bucks plus shipping. And they lived in Florida, so shipping, depending on what service you use, isn't very expensive. So what I kind of want to walk you through is how you would ship a larger item. It's not maybe the best thing to talk about on a podcast to be better for video content, but not many people do touch on how to ship a heavier item on a podcast. And I think that, uh, you know, like I said, it's more catered towards a video, but it's still helpful to know and still helpful to hear how other people do it. And so what I've realized over the past 
couple months is that shipping heavy items is super, super cheap if you use FedEx Home and Ground. So if you're on eBay, you can use FedEx Home and Ground, which is roughly 50% off of what the price would be through FedEx to ship. And eBay has a phenomenal rate with FedEx. I'm not sure how FedEx is doing. I don't know why they've gotten such a good rate. I don't think anybody uses them on eBay. And so FedEx is trying to establish themselves on eBay again, but it is super cheap. I shipped a 30 pound item to California for around 30 bucks. So that's about a like a dollar per pound, which you cannot get anywhere. If you think about priority mail, it's seven bucks for your first pound. And so after that, it starts to increase by four or five bucks a pound. And then pretty soon, once you get up to 30 and 40 pounds, you can be paying up to a hundred plus to ship it across the country, depending on where it's going. So it's just one of those things where FedEx Home and Ground to ship from Pittsburgh to Cali or Oregon, uh, it's just super, super cheap. And so I would encourage you to use that as an option. Um, the thing is right now with COVID, you cannot ship things to uh, any of those outlying areas like Puerto Rico or any of the US territories like Guam um, using FedEx Home and Ground. So it will still, still let you sail to those areas because technically they are US territories. And so it'll treat them as a regular thing, like a regular place, they have a regular zip code, but you will not be able to use FedEx Home and Ground. So if you sell something heavy down there right now, you may wanna watch out because it's going to cost you a ton to ship because your only option will be the post office or uh, a different FedEx service that is not as cheap. So that's something to watch out for. But um, in a normal time, FedEx Home and Ground can be shipped, I'm pretty sure, to all of these places. So I use them. They are fantastic. Um, and it's just a great way to get your items out very, very cheaply uh, across different parts of the country. So that would be your first tip is use FedEx Home and Ground. The other thing is if you use another shipping service, like if you use another selling platform like Mercari, and for whatever reason you can't get a rate that is cheap on their platform, or maybe it's too heavy to ship on Mercari, you can always make a fake sale to yourself on eBay, go get a second eBay account. And this is like a little bit, you know, gray hat or black hat, depending on how you want to put it, but you can make a second eBay account, sell yourself something for a dollar and make the shipping on it extremely high and then print out that shipping label and send it to the person using that shipping label. And you know, you're not going to be using a Mercari shipping label. You won't be covered through Mercari, but at the same time, you should be good to go with that. And it would get delivered to the person's house, barring that you set the purchase address to their address and, and go through all those sorts of hoops. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then do not try that. But if you know eBay a good bit and you understand how to change the address whenever you're shipping something or how to change the address as a buyer to where you want it to go, I highly recommend that for you. So that's just something else you could do to save yourself a little bit of money for shipping on other platforms. But, um, you know, like I said before, you don't know how to ship an item. Maybe you don't know how to ship a big, heavy, bulky item. What should you do with electronics? You don't want somebody to drop it and you don't want somebody to break it. And these are all very valid points. That's why I took so long to get selling heavier items because I didn't really know what to do and I was kind of scared to do it because I didn't want to send somebody a set of speakers that were completely busted up when they got them. So I went on YouTube and I looked up the Craigslist Hunter who has a really, really good video on how to ship items that are heavy. and he goes to it's kind of funny he goes to like local pier one imports and just goes through their trash and if you think about it all these pier one imports they get a lot of you know heavy furniture a lot of it has some sort of ceramics or glass involved where they're using a lot of foam and packing peanuts and bubble wrap and all this other stuff to keep it 
uh, very, very, um, to keep it very safe when it's shipping. So they have it all and they don't know what to do with it, so they just throw it away. So he just goes over to the dumpster and he takes it out, which I thought was pretty funny um, because he's just taking huge trash trash bags out of the dumpster and throwing them in his truck and using them to pack. But I did go into my local Pier 1 Imports and explain to them, hey, I, I need to ship a fairly sizable item or, hey, I need to ship a lot of very heavy items. Um, would you mind if I took some of your excess styrofoam and excess bubble wrap and stuff? Um, you know, I'll just pull right up to your trash can. I can take it out. You may not want to do that now with the coronavirus going around, so it may not be a good tip right now. But in the future, um, you know, you definitely could do this and leverage it to your benefit. And so that's what I did. And now I have a ton of styrofoam. I got all this different kind of foam that they use to ship different materials. I take the foam and when an item sells, I take two pieces and I put one on the top and one on the bottom of the box. And depending on what the item is, like for the stereo system, I put one on either side of the stereo system. And then I cut little indents into the actual styrofoam itself for the item to fit into. So, you know, when you get like a toy that's pretty fragile or something like a, you know, a heavier item in like an Instapot or something in the mail, it always comes with that foam that's on the top and the bottom. And many of us just kind of disregard it and never really think about it, but that foam serves a huge purpose when you're shipping. It takes a lot of the shock if the item is dropped. Um, it's really good for dampening that kind of a, uh, an impulse on the actual item when you drop it. So it, it would be something that you would want to put on your item and kind of pack it in there like that. And if you notice, whenever you take something out of a box, it always fits the exact shape of the item because that helps, um, you know, it keep from, it keeps the item from, uh, you know, moving around a lot in the box. You don't want the item moving around very much. You want it to keep that at a minimum. So what you're doing with your items, is you're cutting sort of an imprint that a makeshift uh, kind of homemade styrofoam cast for it, if you will, that the item fits perfectly into. And from there, you know, you kind of make the item fit into that little mold that you made and then you pack it in the box. And I always put some extra packing peanuts in there. I make sure that the item is not going to hit any sort of hard surface if it's dropped. And then I cover it on the very top with the uh, layer of styrofoam and I tape the box up and we're good to go. And so that's really all you need to do. You just cover it on all six sides if it's in a box or something. And, you know, with styrofoam, you cut a little insert in it for the item to fit into. You cut out the shape of the item. I mean, I've shipped things like snow globes across the country. I've shipped things like uh, that huge stereo system. I shipped a rather uh, decently sized scanner across uh, the country. And all of them were used, uh, were done using styrofoam in a box. And I just cut out a little imprint for the item in the styrofoam that it would fit into and then I set it into that and make sure and leave some styrofoam on the bottom. I mean we're talking a small bit out. You want there to be styrofoam underneath the item. You just don't want to cut a big hole in it and set it in the box. That's not going to do you any good. But you want to leave uh, styrofoam on the bottom and you just cut it out and then set the item in there, pack it around, put some bubble wrap around it if you need to and you're good to go. And that's really how I ship heavier items. It's not that complicated once you do your first one. It's pretty easy actually, and it's something that just takes a little bit of time to get the hang of. And once you kind of do it one or two times, you kind of understand how you like to package items, what works best for you, what you feel you could have done better on, and you kind of go and move forward with that. So that's really all I have to say um, about shipping a heavier item. It's not something that a lot of people are accustomed to. A lot of people don't even know how to ship a package and do it cheaply anyways. And you know, shipping a heavy item is definitely a foreign concept to 
I would say almost all of the American population. It's just not something that we typically do. So, you know, save yourself some money, save yourself some time, use FedEx Home and Ground and pack that item pretty good in there with the styrofoam that you find in Pier 1 Imports or wherever, and you should be good to go with shipping any sort of heavier item. But, you know, that's really all that I can provide with that. There's not really too much else to it. Um, and using those kind of steps, I know that it, you can ship out any sort of heavier item pretty easily and pretty efficiently. So that's really what I wanted to touch on today. There isn't really much more else I can say about that, but, um, you know, it's just something that's been uh, on my mind since I've been shipping a lot of heavier items. And it's just crazy how long it took me to get uh, to shipping those heavier items to begin with. I was kind of always afraid of it. So I never really put in the effort to learn it and try it out myself. And if you never try something, if you never fail at it, you'll never know how to do it anyways. So kind of taking that first step and doing doing it and whether or not it goes well or whether or not it goes bad, uh, you trying it out and learning is always worth way more than whatever could go wrong with it. So I'll leave you with that. Hopefully that helps you out a little bit if you're more timid to ship heavier items like I was when I first started reselling. But um, you know, just use that and hopefully you can save yourself some money with that. But I will let you go. I will let you get back to whatever you're doing today. But, you know, take it easy and have a good rest of your evening. I will talk to you tomorrow and hopefully have something new for you to, you know, kind of take away from the podcast. But you guys have a good one. Uh, hang out with some family and just enjoy the time that you have right now. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.